If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let me tell you a little bit about Bet Online. It remains your number one spot for NBA, MLB, MMA, boxing. It doesn't matter. Every single prop, every single play, every single point, it's all at Bet Online. When it comes to bets, when it comes to props, everything that you need is at your headquarters for sports betting. That's Bet Online. Head to the website right now, use your mobile device, sign up, get a 50, that's 50% welcome bonus. Don't forget to use the promo code BLEAV, that's believe, to get yourself a 50% welcome bonus. Come on, there's no need to hesitate. Bet online where the game starts. I hope you're ready to have your mind blown with the greatest health and fitness information on the planet. <laughs> yes, bitch! Welcome to the Mikey Likes You podcast. All right, let's get cracking. Today it's a, it's a Q&A. 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 Question and answer. On my social media, at Mike Catherwood or at Mikey Likes You one the number one, I solicited for questions. Uh, some of you gave me questions. Now what I'm going to do, if I can answer. Thank you to Bet Online as always. Thank you to First Detachment, the highest grade nutritional supplements on the market. And Bet Online, the only place you need to go for all your sports betting needs. Thank you to all my patrons on my Patreon. If you would like to be one, I would really appreciate it if you became one. Uh, go to my Patreon, link in the show notes below, and uh, remember, I appreciate it. I really do. I, 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 there's just no way I could continue trying to make this a, a way that I make a living if it wasn't for the Patreons, patrons on Patreon. The sponsors have been great. I've been a little bit protective about allowing sponsors to come on board, you know, especially with like the health and fitness stuff, and that's why... Like, I really believe in first attachment, and I really believe in the, the, the purpose statement for the company, uh, the fact that they are giving back to veterans, and also, the like, hands down, the most high-quality nutritional supplements on the planet. And nutritional supplements is like a real, it's, you know, there's no FDA regulation, so you are just chock full of people who are selling you snake oil, and it makes me sick. And most nutritional supplements are not really useful, because you would... Your diet needs to be kind of spot on. Your training needs to be spot on. And after that, you can fill in cracks with nutritional supplementation. 
but that's it. It's not going to be like a secret to unlocking new levels of fitness or health and everything like that. And they really only become valuable to someone who's got all their other proverbial S together. Um, but when it is time to invest that money, you know, there's a, there's a handful of things that can really make a difference in getting you to where you want to be. So check out First Attachment. Again, link in show notes. Remember my code, Mike10. All right, let's get going. Speaking of nutritional supplements, I'm going to start with this guy, Hangry Fit Dad. He got in touch with me via DMs. Hey, Mikey, about your supplements episode, which was last episode. Go check it out if you haven't already. Shameless plug. Thank you, Hangry Fit Dad. Uh, You're talking about EAAs and BCAAs for intro workout nutrition. I've always been under the impression that if you regularly hit appropriate protein targets, EAAs, BCAAs are doing little more than giving you expensive urine. Not looking to argue, just curious. Do you disagree with this statement and make your recommendations about EAAs because people often underconsume protein, or do you disagree with that statement altogether? Cheers. Essential amino acids and branched-chain amino acids are, are largely inconsequential, and if you are eating enough protein, they become even less valuable. Protein requirements, especially for people who are frequently engaging in heavy resistance training, that's just the foundational pillar of what you need to be doing. That's like, you know, when it comes to taking care of your personal sanitation needs, that's like brushing your teeth. We're not talking about the different colognes and potentially using different deodorant here. We're talking about brushing your teeth, taking a shower. Like that's protein, getting your protein and getting your calories where they need to be. Most people are not going to get their protein to the, require, the requirements necessary to kind of achieve their goals. The people who do, you, have, you don't need to be investing in essential amino acids. How about this? Let me just say this. You don't need to invest in BCAAs ever. They're not useful. They were based off of the idea that you could, you know, up protein synthesis by in taking this supplemental leucine with the valine and isovaline. And it's largely just not true. It becomes like really, like he pointed out, it's an expensive piss. All you got to do is make sure that you are maintaining protein requirements. Now, Pre, during, and post-training, especially if you're training hard, which most people don't, but if you're going to, the intake of things like highly branched cyclic dextrin and the essential amino acids can be very valuable. Okay, you're putting your body in an incredibly unique and awkward chemical kind of landscape when you engage in heavy resistance training. By virtue of showing up at the gym and doing this or doing this, it's not going to happen. But GLUT4 and things like that get, to, get taken to a really peculiar place. Your insulin sensitivity and your blood sugar, they go wacky if you engage in proper intensity of training. Okay? That being said, if you're going to do that, Carbs that are going to kind of be distributed into the system at a very kind of controlled rate and amino acids, pre-digested amino acids, pharmaceutical-grade essential amino acids, they will immediately get into the bloodstream. And they will provide you a much better environment for fat burning, muscle retention, muscle gain, things like that, okay? Because you are providing your body this really, really unorthodox chemical situation it, it does, I guess, justify the intake of certain uh, substances that would then nourish that 
and help encourage that really weird situation into doing something that you want it to do. Having kind of empty blood when you're going into train and train properly is going to leak, you're gonna be leaving money on the table regardless of what your goals are. That is why I put some type of pre or post or intro workout nutrition on my kind of foundational list of things you should be looking to do if you're gonna invest the money in supplements. Again, check out last episode. BCAAs are gonna be pretty much a waste of your money. Um, EAAs are definitely not a waste of your money, but they are expensive. So that is why I always kind of go into it with saying, and that's the only reason I even mention BCAAs because I will tell you right now, it's like most of the time, it's just, it's just a waste of your money. The only reason I even mention it is because essential amino acids, which are not a waste of your money, are pretty darn pricey. So I like to provide that idea. And I guess it's better than nothing. But here's my advice to you. Just make sure you're getting enough protein anyway throughout the day and you don't have to worry about any of that, okay? So thank you for that because it is, it's a really good question and it's a worthwhile thing to, to kind of touch on. Tories. Are you a Taurus Tories? I've heard you mention you've got bad knees. Have you ever considered any of the Ben Patrick at knees over toes guy stuff? Do you have any thoughts on what he's pushing? I, not only have I ever considered it, I, I've done it. I completed uh, the zero protocol. And this is like a couple years ago before uh, Ben had become like super popular. And I talked about it pretty extensively on the podcast and I saw great results. I think that I think that knees over toes guy Ben Patrick is like really onto something. I think he's a very smart guy. Um, I have always been exploring, and I'm just not as ambitious or smart as Ben Patrick. But I've been fucking around with extended range of motion for a long period of time, an exaggerated range of motion, not only for the knees, which is something that he's like really proven to be quite wise about. Um, and I, and I, did, I do have bad knees, I did do his stuff, and it did absolutely help me. Um, I don't have bad knees why, for the same reason that most people do. I didn't like overuse them. Uh, I'm not, it's not because I'm getting older and I'm weak. I, had, I got in uh, a leg lock, someone got me in a leg lock in jujitsu like five years ago. And they were cool about it. They were like, their um, etiquette was quite high. They, 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 he didn't wrench it. He looked at me, he's like, you good? I'm like, I'm fine, cool, go ahead, go ahead. And I thought I could defend and next thing I knew I just felt my fucking leg explode. So I tore my meniscus and the whole thing. I never got surgery and it's just never been the same. But I will say that is the most, the most noticeable improvements I've seen in my knee have been from doing knees over toes guy stuff. And it helped me squat and it helped me deadlift and everything. Everything felt more stable. Everything felt better. I could run faster. I could jump higher. I could lift more weight. So much props to Ben Patrick. But back to the, you know, I've been screwing around with the idea of exaggerated range of motion, even for upper body stuff for a long time. For a long time, I've been looking into, you know, guillotine press and stuff to improve my bench press and uh, like, like really driving behind the neck press and like hitting it deep, not for the sake of getting stronger, but for the sake of getting accustomed to feeling resistance at those exaggerated levels of, uh, excuse me, of range of motion. It, it, it kind of bulletproofed me in my shoulders, 
my upper back and everything, so that when I did kind of go into that training range of motion, I was stronger. And uh, there's a kid. He's when I say a kid, I mean he's fucking jacked out of his mind. But he's a kid. He's like 21 or something. Um, Dawson Winham is his name. I'll put a link to. It. He is someone who I was kind of exploring this to for an, uh, for injury prevention, and it worked. My shoulders got better. I could throw. He do 10 rounds on the bat, heavy bag or it, you're sparring and my shoulders didn't hurt. My elbows didn't hurt as much. But Dawson Windham is someone who's applied this exaggerated range of motion for things like powerlifting. And you, you see the kid is so strong. And, he's so, and I do think that a lot of it has to do with that he's pushing the limits of the resistance for his connective tissue and the musculature in exaggerated range of motion, which is exactly what knees over toes guy is, Okay pushing that knee over your toe, doing those kind of, those step ups and doing those things like, um, you know, heel elevated squats where you're keeping really upright and you're pushing the knee outwards over the, and you're getting as maximum level of knee flexion as you can. Is this the most powerful position you can be put in? Absolutely not. In fact, it's pretty much the opposite. But if you can get competent in training in those ranges, in this extremely exaggerated ranges of motion, your connective tissue and your ability to bulletproof yourself against injury becomes so much higher in the regular training range of motion, the regular jumping, sprinting, rotating ranges of motion. And I think there's a lot there that, and you know, it's kind of gonna be the next thing that you see uh, a lot of people screwing around with. I'll put a link to this, this kid, Dawson Wyndham, is really amazing because he's really pushing the limits of high level powerlifting. And you'll see he's doing a lot of these things uh, that are, you know, you see a kid who's deadlifting 700 pounds, but he's training with like a, a 95 pound bar. And you're like, well, why are you doing that? Because he's training through really exaggerated ranges of motion, be it for overhead press, for bench press, for deadlift, for squat. And uh, the, the proof is in the pudding because his performance and his ability to, um, you know, st not, not get sidelined by injury is pretty high. Sea ant paddles. Why does it seem easier for women to get super fit than it is for men? I guess I'm just jealous. I'll never be a hot IG girl. Well, you're right. You probably are just jealous, see Ant Paddle. And uh, that's not crazy because I was talking about it with good old Dr. Drew the other day, like six months ago. I don't know why I said the other day. It was at uh, Valentine's Day. I went out to dinner with Dr. Drew and his wife and my wife here in Tejas. The best job ever, PGA golfer, but not like in the top 10, being like the 100th best PGA golfer, that's an amazing job. You travel around all these cool places. It's always like Hawaii or Ireland. You don't have the pressure of being like you know, Phil Mickelson or something. You're just some guy no one knows. But you're getting a pretty good paycheck and you travel around to Scotland and Hawaii and play golf. That's a good gig. But really the greatest job is incredibly hot chick. Cause you don't have to do shit. And amazing things come your way all the time. And you get to be essentially treated exactly like a big celebrity, but you don't have to be a celebrity. It's probably more exaggerated. It's more powerful in Miami, LA, New York, places like, but there, I know plenty of girls that they're not actresses, they're not singers, they're not models, they're hot chicks. And you go like, how the fuck do you pay your rent? How the fuck did you get Laker tickets? 
and everything they did, it's just like, oh, this guy just came by and he fucking gave me some. And then, uh, I, don't, I mean, I think Danny pays my rent. I don't know. I'm not kidding. And their job is to just go to the best restaurants and the best nightclubs and the best events. And they just show up there. And then there's like a handful of really wealthy guys and they just pay them. Is it kind of prostitution? Fuck yeah. Now, don't, listen, if you're out there and you're an attractive woman and you also happen to be a singer, an actor, a model, an artist, I mean, just stop, stop, okay? I'm not talking about that. You also, on top of the fact that you have uh, uh, ambition and, and, and hard work ethic and, 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 and ingenuity and what all these things, on top of that, you happen to be attractive as well. That's awesome. Great, good for you. I'm talking about these girls whose sole purpose and don't get me wrong, it's a short career because you tap out at like 33, if you're lucky. A lot of them are doing like 27 and like, shit, where do I go from here? But either way, for that 10-year run, you, for that decade from like 18 to 28, you just, you, just, you just live amazing. You just live amazing. And you're like, what? And your, your purpose is for guys to want to fuck you. And you don't have to fuck them. They just have to want to fuck you. And that's an awesome job. So you, see Ant Paddle, bring up a good point. I'm kind of jealous that I'd never be an Instagram hot, Instagram fitness chick. Because uh, I know more than they do. Steffi Cohen's the only one I can think of off the top of my head who's like a tra attractive female with an amazing body who is on Instagram and on YouTube, who fucking could wipe the floor with me in the gym and then with her mind. But besides that, most of them are just really hot chicks. And so you get a good two million followers. Just off that. Because guys and their boners are so dumb and so powerful. Our boner, you don't understand. You just don't understand women. Gay guys totally understand. You understand exactly the same way I understand, except what we're looking at is different, but it's the same thing. Boner is so powerful and it makes us do all things. So if you're a really good looking chick and you have a great ass and you will take video of yourself squatting, your whole life's set up for you. But that's why Sea Ant Paddle you think that it's easier for women to get, because it absolutely is not. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's much easier for men to both build muscle and lose body fat. Would you rather a man bun or man tits from Poon Dash? <laughs> oh, Poon Dash. Oh, good old Poon Dash. Um, would I rather... <laughs> uh, would I rather, uh, I'm laughing more about Poon Dash than I am about, uh, hey buddy, hey, hey Tim, it's Friday night, we going on a Poon Dash? Goddamn right we're going on a Poon Dash. <laughs> Girls in the bowling alley better be ready. Till you what? All right, Poon Dash. Would I rather a man bun or man tits? Man, man bun a million times over because man tits a means I had to earn those with a lot of bad living and a lot of bitch stuff. Man bun's just a decision. That's what, man tits is a tattoo. 
Man bun is henna. I just one day be like, you know, this is fucking stupid. And I cut that shit off. Man, man tits takes years to get take care of. Sometimes surgery. And I'd have to live with the shame of knowing that I've grew man boobs. Yeah, buddy. Ain't no men titties. Um, so, man, yeah, man bun. I don't want a man bun. Plus, there's man buns that are fucking dope. Most man buns, you're an sh- asshole, shithead hipster. Fuck you. But there's man buns. That are, you know, like Jason Momoa can pull his shit up. He's going to go train. You're like, yeah, fuck, yeah, okay. Now, I, was, I spent the holidays in Hawaii. There's uh, island you know, fellas there, be it uh, uh, Tahitian or, or traditional Hawaiian or Japanese base or like Polynesian, whatever. They're, they're, they had a cultural thing there where they had like the top bun and it looked sick. Because it was like warrior status, you know? There's a Native American thing there you could go with. There's many man buns that are dope. I'm just saying in this country, most of the time when you see a man bun, you're a piece of shit hipster. Fuck you. The Jake Denham. I, my man Jake. What current fitness fad is most concerning to you? It's a good question. I will tell you. The most concerning to me lately, it used to be kind of marketable catchphrase diets because people would think that they need to follow said diet or they're not doing it right. That bothered me. Elimination diets, a macro elimination, be it low fat, low carb, whatever, bullshit. But lately, it's this push for people to start putting the cart before the horse and they start getting really into sports specific performance training without building a strength base. And I am... I wish I had, I, I, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't have any kind of concrete scientific proof, but I'm guaranteeing you just from just knowing shit. This is why you're starting to see so many young athletes injure themselves way more than they used to. Way more, especially in knees, hips, and uh, posterior chain, their hamstrings. People are blowing out hammies, 18-year-old football players, college wrestlers, sprinters, basketball players, they're hurting themselves way the fuck more, and it's because every because the science of sports-specific performance training is super high right now. And I think that that's amazing. And I think you, men and women out there who are looking to take your game to the next level, should engage in sports-specific training. It's just got to come after you get a foundational strength base. People... Literally no fucking clue how to do weighted chin-ups, can't do any squats, they can barely do push-ups, and they're now going into doing like extreme plyometrics. Fuck that. No wonder everyone's blowing out their knees and their hammies. That is the most, you know, like you see these like college, great, they're all good athletes, college like goalkeepers and, 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 and lacrosse players, football players, hockey players, sprinters, and they're all out there, they're doing like, extremely like very narrow high level isometric speed strength training and isometric excuse me plyometric training and speed strength training uh and the capacity work and like they have they put that cart in front of the horse and it's like sure enough man you're just seeing an, an, an insanely high level of injury and my belief is that it that that's why even if you're talking purely aesthetic, people go down this rabbit hole of like what is the most 
completely high detailed, elaborate volume training hypertrophy program. And I was like, bitch, you can't even deadlift your weight, let alone double. You literally can't deadlift your body weight. You're a 225 pound sack of shit. And you want to do like a double, uh, twice a day double split of like volume, like fuck off, man. You got to put that, you know, that, that horse in front of your cart. They, they, get a good horse. Anybody know anything about cars, right? I love hot rods. I love American muscle cars. I like and appreciate European sports cars and like the new Japanese kind of like the, the Fast and Furious. I think I appreciate it. It's fucking amazing. The performance is, you know, high compression engine you're seeing. I love those like those second generation RX-7s, that Wankel rotary. I dig those. I'd buy that. But anyway, I like American muscle cars, right? I used to have this guy, a friend of mine, and he was a mechanic, and he was a really good one. He was like a, like a, like a high-performance mechanic. <clears throat> and he used to take VW Bugs, and he would drop Chevy 350s in them. And they would just blow the doors off. He would take them out to the racetrack, Chantry Flats, whatnot, and he would just, and he would just get... When he was 17, 18 years, he started doing that, he ran into a lot of problems. Why? Because he had the know-how to put this giant Chevy small block into uh, the, you know, the kind of the engine compartment of this VW Bug. But he never did, he never changed the tires, wheels, chassis, rear end. And then he'd put it, and he'd get it and fire it up, and then he'd start rolling, and he'd get it out of like second gear, and the fucking wheels would break off. The whole rear would be like, because it's too much torque for that small, rinky ding frame, right? And that's what's happening a lot of times now where people, they don't build up their strength base. Their, their body is not rigid. It's not resilient. And then they want to go and they want to do like sprint training and MMA training. And then they want to do plyometrics and they want to do this and then, and, and it's like, well, you, you haven't built the rear end and the chassis and your engine's going to get bigger. And eventually that shit, your, your, your wheel's going to fall off, brother. A Viramontes, pass along your training routine. All right, I've been training four or five days a week in jiu-jitsu. So that alters, that augments how I'm training in the gym, gym. We're doing two, at least two days a week, no gi, at least two days a week, gi, sometimes more. And I'm old, I'm 44 years old. So it's taking its toll. So that means I'm not going to train too frequently. I would say most people, not like I'm some gift from God when it comes to my physique, but I've been training a long time. And my training history is pretty high and my training quality is pretty high. So my tolerance and my recovery is pretty good for a guy my age, a lot higher than most, right? So I've been training four days a week outside of grappling. I train upper body twice a week and lower body twice a week. I train one of my upper body sessions to be more push oriented. I train one of my upper body sessions to be more pull oriented, although I am doing both during those sessions, okay? Monday, I usually get in there, do some deadlifts, uh, weighted chin-ups, and um, I'll do, then I'll do some like pushing work, some triceps and some chest and some overhead press, right? Thursday, I go back. I start with like incline press and um, some like shoulder work. Then I'll do some like rows and some upper back work and traps. Right? 
On Tuesday and Friday, I'm doing lower body. On Tuesday, I'm doing kind of front squats, lunges, stuff like that. On Friday, I'm doing Romanian deadlift, hip thrust, uh, adductors, split squats. You know, a lot more kind of posterior chain, lower body stuff. So there it is. I, I do think it's important that each muscle group gets trained twice a week. I don't think you want to go overboard with volume, regardless of your goal. I like to program in different rep ranges, especially now that like grappling's become more important to me. I don't really want to be stuck in like the three to six to eight rep range, you know, which I usually am. I'm, I'm really more of a lift heavy, lower rep range dominant guy. And I think overall that's going to get you a lot more people are going to get closer to what they want to do, uh, staying in the lower rep ranges, lifting heavier weights. But <clears throat> you better believe if you're going to talk about like grappling, six round, six minute rounds, eight minute rounds, for numerous rounds, how many times I can do a certain exercise for like 20 reps, 15, 25 reps, you know, I start thinking about strength endurance. Strength endurance becomes more important. I also am adding in isometric training because that too is very important for grappling because it's, you know, body control and things like that. So that's my current training routine. It may not be optimal for you, but you asked. Later on in his question, he goes to say, I just, you know, my training doesn't have any real direction. I want to look like you. Thank you. That's a good, nice compliment. You want to look like me? Most importantly, it's diet. Like, same with everyone. How your body looks, whether you're genetically gifted or not, and most of us are not, but how your body looks is so much more about diet than you think it is. Training's important. Training and training properly is an important thing. And kind of how soft or hard that body is that you see can have a lot to do with your training. But your diet is really what's going to dictate, like, you know, this guy, and I, again, I really do appreciate it. He's like, I want to look like you. Awesome. Trust me, it's more about the effort that I put in in the kitchen than it is in the gym. You know? Because most guys, especially stupid meatheads like me, <laughs> most guys love to train. I love to get sweaty. I love to get sweaty in every regard. I love to go out and really push myself physically. It, it takes something else to, to watch what you're eating and to really monitor it, you know, at a, at a, at a consistent level. Uh, if you're interested in help doing that, check out my Patreon. My top tier is available for anyone. Also, the other tiers, uh, just if you want to get some good info. I think I try my best to give you all good info, training programs, nutritional information, scientific studies, and my thoughts on them. Uh, it's a bunch of, I think, helpful shit. Um, again, link is in the profile. <coughs> Thanks again to Bet Online, uh, the only place you need to be for sports betting and sports needs. And then thanks again to First Detachment, without question, the best nutritional supplements on the planet. And in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares, remember, I do. Be good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. Yeah. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.